Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome, sport fans, to another edition of... No, dude! That, that does not fit. What do you want to do? Let's party! It's Ducks Game Day. <laughs> on 1080 The Fan. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate, presented by Buster's Barbecue. Buster's dry rubbed, slow smoked meats are so tender and tasty, they'll bring out the Texan in you. For real deal barbecue, check out Buster'sBarbecue.com, the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins. On 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080TheFan.com. <laughs> everyone very happy to have you with us yeah well it's been a long week hasn't it felt like a very long time since we saw nfl football and it's almost here and i can't wait oh what a- but i just realized that after these two games played tomorrow what's that two weeks two weeks until the super bowl after that we even got a bonus game this week a national championship game feels like it was played, played a month ago. Oh, damn. Does it feel like it was played on Monday? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, not to me. It feels like it's been longer than that. Interesting tidbit about that. Everybody was all pissy about the national title getting uh, you know, kind of pushed. 16 days between the semifinals and the final. Slightly better ratings. Yes, but overall ratings and attendance down for the whole cluster of games run by the uh, college football playoff folk. So they run the New Year's Six Bowls plus the national championship game, and they're at an all-time low for attendance at those games, and viewership's down as well. It's not great. Yeah, people go to the games, though. I understand that, but in 2015... They had almost 40,000 more people at those games than they did, you know, this this year. Well, it really helps when the stadium isn't doing anything and it's not played on a consistent basis. And so it's literally just an empty spot for people to walk in and watch a game once a year. <laughs> because, you know, all those other games sell out yeah. practically every game. So if you want to do the baseball argument, because you're about to put it no. up here. Yeah, no, you're leading to it. Why would I? What? Oh, no, yeah, that's what you're doing. I no, get it. No, I'm not. No, I, I know. Yeah. I was going to make your dumb point that the college football playoff might not be as great as everybody thinks it is. I think people watched it. <laughs> did you Did you enjoy that game? Yeah, of course Joe, I did. I Joe, thought it was great. Whoa, Joe Burrow whoa. absolutely slapped the crap out of that team after he was like, oh, I get what you're doing. Yep. They figured it out. Joe Burrow is Awesome. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> he's really fun to watch. Trevor Lawrence, very disappointing in that game. I, You know, everybody says that, but at the same time, what do you expect out of the guy when after the first half, he just starts having to play from behind? Like most quarterbacks, when you have to play from behind, you just feel like you have to push it a little bit yeah. more. 
And I feel like that's been Trevor Lawrence this entire season. You know, you come off such an incredible national title win last year against Alabama. You start throwing some picks at the beginning of the year, but then he settled down. You get into this game, and I think the same thing happened, which is surprising because when they were down, um, well, were they down like 10-0 against Ohio State? Yeah, they were down. That's that was I'm saying he never found his rhythm. I yeah. kept waiting and waiting. I'm like, all right, here comes the Trevor Lawrence because I just wanted that back and forth. It wasn't a great game, but it was a great performance by LSU. Another guy that stood out, their linebacker, Patrick Queen, wasn't even a starter at the beginning of the year. That guy was everywhere on the field. And that was part of the thing for Trevor Lawrence is I think he was seeing some ghosts. Some Sam Darnold-like ghosts. He was, ah. hearing, fo- he was hearing footsteps before he threw the ball. Ah. Don't you think? I don't know. He skipped a lot of passes through quite a few high passes. I got to be honest. I'm not too stoked about the idea that everybody started talking about Trevor Lawrence after that game. Like, to me, he's kind of a non-story because he's <laughs> going to return next year. And he's true. still going to get drafted first the year after. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. You know uh, I mean? Joe, like Burrow, Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow is a story. Joe well, that's Burrow why I brought up Patrick Queen. The story. Uh, I don't care about Patrick Queen. Dude, then shove it. The LSU defense was better than people thought. See what he looks like. I could probably beat him up. I don't think he can. Well, let me take a look Uh, at it. Let me just tell you that he is an LSU linebacker. Okay. You want a piece of that? Dude, I mean, I'm open-minded. Can I also say the LSU wide receivers are absolutely ridiculous. And I watched two or three LSU games during the year, but watching both the semifinal and the championship game, you just realize that those guys are beasts. Dude, I could for show take Patrick Queen. <laughs> All right, cool. I mean, he looks big in pictures, but I bet if I saw him in real life. Well, did you watch the game? Yeah, of course I watched the game. Yeah, did you notice when, uh, you know, he was 12 yards away, he would close that gap in like half a second? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well. That's TV, man. TV puts on 10 pounds. That seems fair. You know who I don't want to get near is uh, friggin' Derrick Henry. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. Did you see that video that came out um, of them practicing this week where they were doing a stiff drill? No. Stiff arm drill? No, I don't want any part of his stiff arm. So they were um, they were doing this stiff arm drill they usually do with running backs where they just put a helmet on a stick sure. and they make it so that it's over by your knees so you kind of have more of a ability to say, okay, if you're going to cut me, I'm going to stiff arm you and get a yeah. couple extra yards. He was just kind of doing it a couple reps, and it already looked frightening. And then his last rep, he just hits it, and the helmet goes flying off the stick, like out of there. And then you hear this coach in the background, and he's like, oh, there you go. That's better. And I was like, dude, that's better. That's frightening. If that's a little bit of an improvement, I don't want to see the bro at full 100% kicking ass. You know what? You where you're going to see him at full 100% kicking ass? This weekend. AFC championship game. Is there any team that is less likely to be there than Tennessee Titans? Did you see this coming at, at all? <sighs> that was ridiculous. They shut down your boy. Lamar Jackson? Yeah. How is, he's not my boy. Yeah. Oh, you love him. The most exciting him. player in the last decade of I don't football. That. I don't he's played a that. season and a half. You called him the most exciting football player in the last decade and a half. I don't know about that. That doesn't last sound right. That doesn't sound like years, something I would say. In the last 60 years. That seems like a. The top 100 should have started with Lamar Jackson and then a big gap where there were no players and then the next 
99 players. Look, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I think you remembered it wrong. No, that's exactly how I remember it. So what happened uh, What happened to Lamar Jackson? Did Tennessee happen to him? You know, I think it was just his offensive line not giving him enough protection. That's all it was. The dude was ready to burst out, ready to get going. Oh, man. They were, they were game-planned against... And Derrick Henry, having a guy that can run the ball, what's he averaging? 188 and a half yards per playoff game so far this year. Eh, not bad. If if you could, who said this? I'm trying to remember who was dumb. I want to credit the dumb person for saying what they said about the Houston Texans. That's pretty much your life. The Texans should go and find somebody like Derrick Henry so they can sit on this lead when they got up 24 nothing against the Chiefs. Oh, that was the problem is they didn't, everyone would have someone like Derrick Henry if they made more people like Derrick Henry. Well, what's Trent Richardson doing? Yeah. (laughs) Not playing in the NFL. What the hell? Why couldn't anybody like help that guy? Why? Because he couldn't help himself, man. But that's ridiculous. Like you can't train that guy. Dude, uh, let's be honest for a second. Derrick Henry, his first two years in the league was meh. He was super meh. He was like, he was good. Was he healthy? Uh, he was in parts. Yeah. And when he was, he just, he kind of looked like, okay, he's good. Yeah. He's yeah. fine. You know, he, he's a solid back. You know, he yep. doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he, he can get the extra yards after contact, whatever. Somebody got to that dude and they were like, Hey, you know, when you're in the pocket, you can be patient a little yeah. bit more because you're effing huge and you're also fast. And, and quick. so if you see a opening, you can just wait because when people come to try to hit you, yeah, it doesn't work. You don't really go down. And there's one dude, I think it was number 99 on the Ravens where I was watching NFL turning point this past week and um, he was mic'd up and he comes in and Henry was sitting in the box waiting real quick. Was he mic'd up or was that uh wire on him to tell him what pitch was coming? Oh, that's good. Okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> So he comes in and the DN, it's like some zone blocking scheme. The DN is on the weak side, sees Henry sitting in the box and waiting. And he goes, oh, dude, teeing off on this guy. Yeah. Mind you, this is a DN. This is a guy who's probably 250, <laughs> you know, 260. This probably possibly. a guy that's almost as big as Derrick Henry. Yes. Jeez. Comes in there, tries to hit him, just bounces off. Henry runs for like 40 yards. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is he gets in the open field. And, oh, yeah, he can outrun everybody. Yes. Yeah. It's really not fair. He's scary. And the thing is, the Ravens, I, you know, I was watching that game, and I really wasn't paying too much attention to how specifically they were trying to stop uh, Taylor he- or Taylor Henry. Um, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. But after a while, I said to myself, what are you doing? Just load the box and play, man. Tannehill can't throw. And then I look and I go, oh, oh that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and Tannehill threw a touchdown. Two perfectly thrown touchdown yeah. passes uh, by Tannehill. And then he's like, cool, got my 80 yards. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I will manage the game now for the next 40 minutes. I'll tell you, man, there is there is a certain calm that Tannehill has just going like, man, I'm just happy I'm not wearing a Dolphins uniform right now. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm good, guys. I got it. Oh, you don't need me to throw it? No problem. Now, do you think all we need is... Rosen to go somewhere else and perform well to just confirm that quarter quarterbacks in Miami are dead, like <laughs> dead on arrival. Like you get there, you're completely screwed. Yeah, that might be the case, but I'm, I'm looking at Sam Darnold as much or more than I'm looking at Josh Rosen. Cause Adam yeah, he Gates, had a good last couple of games. He was performing no, pretty I, well. I, and they I ended with six wins. I know. I, I know. But Adam Gase 
might have been as much of the problem as the Miami Dolphins, though. Because remember the beginning of the year, Sam Darnold looked lost, and that's when he claimed to be seeing ghosts. So Adam Gase is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. That's why they gave him the head coaching job in Miami. Never did anything with Tannehill. Tannehill was hurt as well. But then he goes to New York, and now he's supposed to take Sam Darnold. So I'm looking at that just as much. But the thing is, man, if you're if you're Josh Rosen, man, how are you going to beat out the superstar that is Ryan Fitzpatrick? Who was the last good quarterback after Dan Marino? Oh, Chad Pennington? No. I said good. <laughs> Not acceptable. Who was the next best quarterback? Uh, uh, no one. Pennington. No one. I know, but what I'm saying, though. I, it, I don't even think you I, can say that. Because Chad Pennington sucked there. In fact, he was better on the Did Jets. He, he was. <laughs> Did yes. he win playoff games, though? He got to him. Yeah. Hell, he got there. Oh, man. Uh, I, I mean, that's a serious question. And I, I think that's something to look at is the idea that every quarterback there has just sucked so hard. And you might have your one-offs, you know. I think what it wasn't Byron Leftwich. Who was the one that was there uh, when Saban was there? Uh, Col- it was Dante, Dante Culpepper. Culpepper. Right. Culpepper got hurt almost immediately. Then it was Joey Harrington. Yeah. And, you know, what? Joey wasn't great. No, he was. Well, Joe, Joey's admitted. He goes, dude, I didn't want to start there. I, was, I thought I was going to the perfect spot because I was going to be behind, behind Culpepper. And they picked Culpepper over Drew Brees. And then, of course, his knee blew out. And so, yeah. Uh, let's pull up a list of quarterbacks here for the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Let's. This will be an interesting list because, honestly, I, the only ones I can honestly name are about. Like, I think Culpepper and Tannehill, that's pretty much it. So 1999, Dan Marino started 11 games, five games started by Damon Heward. Great. Next year was Jay Fiedler. Okay. Uh, started 15 games. Damon Heward Sucked. started one. Jay Fiedler was there for four years. Sucked. Yep. Brian Greasy came in. Sucked. Uh, he only played five games, and Fiedler took over in 2004 again. A.J. Feely took over for Jay Fiedler and uh, Sage Rosenfels. One more time with that. So in 2004 season, Feely took over for Fiedler. So 2004, Jay Fiedler started seven games. AJ Feely started eight games and Sage Rosenfeld started one game. The next year they put in Gus Farratt for 15 of their games. Sage Rosenfeld started one. That next year was Dante Culpepper. He played four games. Joey Harrington played 11 and then Cleo Lemon started a game. Oh dude. I forgot about Cleo Cleo Lemon. Lemon. And then you had Trent Green, five starts. Cleo Lemon had uh, seven starts. Joey Harrington only there the one year. And then John Beck started four games in 2007. Uh, Chad Pennington started all 16 games in 2008. And then in 2009, he was replaced by Chad Henney. And then in 2010, you had uh, Chad Henney started 14 games. Tyler Thigpen started a game. Chad Pennington only started one game. Then it was Henney and Matt Moore before the Ryan Tannehill era. Tannehill started every game between 2012 through 2015, and then he got hurt in 16, 17, 18. I'm sorry, but those last, like, four or five quarterbacks you read have had success elsewhere. It just seems like they went to Miami, and then things went wrong. Like, should they just kind of give up on it? I mean, Tannehill is – I mean, just looking at the amount of starts there, Tannehill is the – most likely the most prolific passer other than Marino. You know what I mean though, right? Yeah. I feel like the Niners have kind of done this, even though they paid Jimmy Garoppolo an S ton of money. I think they did it because they were like, eh, I think this is the best we're going to get. Yeah. We have an incredible defense. Some of these dudes might leave here in about two or three years. We got a good chance at hitting the uh, Super Bowl. 
Like, whatever. Just put him back there. He can throw. Who cares? Yeah. He'll run the ball. Yeah. Well, there George you go. Kittle's very good at pass or uh, catching really crappy throws. And blocking and yes. running and, yeah. He's like and the top-rated player in the NFL. He good. All right. Let's get into some uh, some championship games, shall we? Why don't we start with the AFC? That's an early game tomorrow. We'll start... I- I got a I got a vicious stat for you on this. Yeah, vicious stat. Something that you could probably you don't even have to watch the game. Just know this stat, and then you'll know the outcome. That stat next. Center and Saint, ten eighty the fan. Dateline Owoso, Michigan. Owoso. The footstool didn't feel right. That's what happens when someone stashes $43,170 inside of it and apparently forgets about it. Nice. Indeed, the money was discovered inside a footstool that was donated to a Michigan resale shop in Oloso Township. Howard Kirby brought in the piece of furniture after uh, Christmas when his daughter-in-law unzipped the cushion and... uh, was shocked to find $43,000 in there. They're getting ready to donate the piece of furniture, and then they went, that feels kind of weird. Opened it up before they left and found forty-three grand. Yeah, I don't tell anyone. No, I'm not. Some, it, it was their money. It was Grandpa's money. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I still don't tell anyone. Yeah. Because maybe you find out later that that money, like there was some other use for it, like some legally binding use that now you have to, like, you honor it. Oh, I, yeah. I just, I don't tell anyone. I just kind of say, oh, cool. We got this money. Let's go deposit it real quick. We're not telling anybody about this. Yeah, but that deposit's going to raise some red flags. No, it won't. Yeah, what you do is you spend it $1 at a time. <laughs> 43,000 consecutive days with dollar cheeseburgers. I buy this stick of gum, and then I buy this <laughs> stick of gum, and then I'll get this stick of gum. And just spend it all at Costco. Yeah, you could. You can't go to Costco without spending at least 250 bucks. Whoa. I got two kids. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, Titans Chiefs, they play tomorrow. The game is going to be on CBS. It'll kick off at 12.05 in the p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You know, when I was Actually, watching. Wait, are we in daylight time? No. Okay, standard time. Um, watching um, the division games, I forget which one didn't. Oh, it was the uh, Titans Ravens didn't have Romo. And I think that was oh, the yeah. Saturday game. That was game. Uh, the Dan Fouts game. Yeah, and I started listening to it and watching it. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then I go, oh, yeah, they're probably they're the probably Sunday tomorrow, game. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which uh, the reports about Romo getting upwards of $10 million to take over Monday Night Football. <laughs> don't do it. I would say don't do it. There's no point. It's kind of what I was thinking, too. Don't, and don't let's say move it to career. ABC. Well, that that's my fear is the playoff games. I wasn't even, I, like, whatever. Do Monday Night Football do you know, a day game on Sunday. I'll probably hear you just as much, but the playoffs is where it gets ugly. They only do one ESPN playoff game. And luckily for everyone, it was the first game. We got them out of the way and Tessa and Booger can take the rest of the season. I, I think it's more just the idea that you don't want his career to be ruined. Cause yeah. they're, they're going to screw it up. They're going to, they're going to leave Tessa with him. Tessa is an effing nightmare. Like <laughs> he is man. I like you hate Tess. You, you got to go find somebody else. The only reason Tessa doesn't get more crap is because Booger's sitting next to him. Yes. And yes. he is terrible. Mm-hmm. Got to, got to think about spiking the ball here on fourth. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. You want to hear my juicy stat? I, the juiciest of stats. This is pretty juicy. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited. You only get excited for the juiciest of stats. The Chiefs and Titans have played each other 
Three times. Ever? No. Okay. This year. Wait. Th- what? What? This is the third time they're playing this year? No. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Well, I'll just go with it. Okay. Derrick Henry, while playing the Chiefs, has won every single time. So Derrick Henry has played the Chiefs three times. Yes. Okay. He has averaged 7.3 yards per carry. And he got 188 yards on them the last time they played. The Chiefs right now have allowed the seventh most rushing yards in the NFL this season, and they rank fourth in the league in allowing yards after contact. That's not good. All of that together kind of just says like, oh, crap. Yeah, but, but, yeah, they put up 51 and they didn't even play in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter last week. Right, on the Texans. <laughs> I no, well, they did it. It yeah, is on the Bill O'Brien, dude. He's a nightmare. I understand. He doesn't There's, know how to coach games. They like, spotted them a 24 nothing. Yeah. And did not, did not have any momentum coming out of the first quarter. And they're like, that was right off 51. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but. You're wrong. The Chiefs can score. So the this Chiefs could be can a good game. score. But the other, the other thing that also you have to think about with the Chiefs is that there was a Chargers game in particular earlier this season where the chargers kind of figured them out a little bit. And that is if you slow down the pace of play for the chiefs, they kind of start getting confused. It's more to a sense of like, they don't know what to do with themselves. There's such a frenetic offense that if something's not clicking, they're kind of like, well, what the hell just throw the kitchen sink, whatever. That's what happened in the Texans game too. In the first half where just things didn't work out and they started kind of going nuts and the Texans took advantage of it because they were a little bit calmer. Now, Texas would have won that game if Bill O'Brien was not their head coach. I, I, I think you're probably right. Yeah, that, I, I'm serious, man. That, that guy's an effing nightmare. Dude, that game was a big pile of garbage uh, after the first quarter. And you just went, holy cow. Like, you don't lose games when you get that kind of no. advantage. They made so many huge mistakes early on. Drop passes. There was a drop pass right before the block punt. Then they dropped the punt. They blew the coverage on the first series. It was like, what else do you need, Texans? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, by the way, Texans, um, you are up against Andy Reid. Yeah. Good luck. So, I mean, you know, this should be a gimme because this is Andy Reid's MO. He Fs up games. Yeah, that's kind of what games he, yeah. he should win. Yeah, well, all the pressure was off them after that because they're like, well, we can't play worse. Let's go. And it was funny because somebody brought up the the idea that uh, look at the personality, look at the behavior of the quarterbacks in those two games. First, Lamar Jackson who was sitting by himself on the bench when they were losing, and Pat Mahomes was rallying the troops. Rallying the troops. That's why Pat Mahomes is better. No, Lamar Jackson had three turnovers in that game because he was constantly pestered by the defense. Pat Mahomes' mistakes didn't lead to the big deficit they had early. It was two special teams' mistakes, a drop pass, and then a blown coverage. Pat Mahomes had nothing to do with them falling behind, so he had every reason to be confident. But... I did appreciate what they did. So now you've got the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you really think that uh, that the Titans have a shot at beating the Chiefs going into this game? Yes. Would you put them as a favorite? Uh, no. Okay. I would call it pretty even, but I That's honestly fantastic. am going to take the Titans. Are you really? Yeah. Nice. Dude, it's Andy Reid. <laughs> like I said, this is his MO. No, I'm serious. This is what he does. I mean, he loses games that conceivably you're you're pretty much supposed to win you're at home you yeah. should win this game he'll he'll figure out a way to lose it that's what bill o'brien does too bill o'brien 
isn't to the extreme that Andy Reid is. He doesn't let success get so far that, like, it's such a huge letdown. Bill O'Brien just consistently does stupid crap throughout a game that he should be competitive in, and then you just kind of give up on the team. Like, I kind of gave up on the Texans against the Bills in the wild card round because I just started looking at the play calls and seeing, like, why are you running the ball? (laughs) What the hell are you doing? Why are you putting Deshaun uh, Watson back in the pocket like almost every play at the end of the game don't you know what clock management is aren't you the gm of the team and you pretty much came out after you lost the chiefs game and said no there's not gonna be a change i'm the gm still (laughs) screw you dude he should go coach for the browns that'll end his career nicely just get out andy reed has had alex smith as quarterback yeah donovan McNabb, Mm. patrick mahomes right does Pat Mahomes give you any more faith than those other two quarterbacks? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not as much as McNabb. Really? Dude, McNabb on the uh Eagles was friggin' clutch. Mm, that Super what? Bowl. I mean, what Oh my god, that Super Bowl season was insane. No, he had a good season, but the reports are that he was vomiting in the huddle because he was so nervous and freaked out. He went to four NFC championship games. You can't put it all on the coach. At some point, you have to put on the quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but juiciest of stats. One more time, over seven yards of carry. They've won 7. all 3. the games yep. that Derrick Henry has played in. Chiefs have allowed seventh most, rush, ru- most rushing yards in the NFL this season, and they rank fourth in the league in allowing yards after contact. Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl. Hey, man. Worst division in football, you said. What? Oh, the, that the AFC yeah, still is. All right, even if they're remember when the you remember when Jacksonville went to the AFC title game? I do, but the Tennessee yeah. Titans are in there, and you're picking them. Yeah, I still call it one of the worst divisions in football, dude. Could you imagine? Because the, you don't expect anything, and you don't need to. The Titans will have beaten the Patriots, Ravens, and Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. I don't know if there's more of a murderer's row that you have to go through to get to the game, but if they do, man, watch out. That would be awesome. Uh, text line. Oh my gosh. Enough with Andy Reed. Can't win big game stuff again. Look at the guy's record and history and how good his teams have always been just because he hasn't won a Super Bowl Doesn't mean he knows he doesn't know how to win a big game. Somebody coming in with the, uh, the decaf Metcalf. Thank you. And then somebody else on the Costco thing said that he just goes to Costco or she, um, for lunch and gas. Yeah. Not a bad way to do it either. That the little food quarter always full at Costco, dude. But like, I mean, wouldn't you go for more? I don't know. I wouldn't go to Costco. Ju- I've gone to Costco just for gas because it's cheaper. But like, I wouldn't go in just for lunch. Like, I I would go in. I would go in to eat lunch if I had to also go get a bunch of other crap. Yeah, if I needed an eight pound block of cheese. Yes, and a hot dog, and like a mount of bread. Yeah. And then, like, enough Q-tips for two people in a lifetime. There's another football game. Packers at Niners. That's your one and two seed, ladies and gentlemen, for the NFC Championship. We will talk about that after this Sports Interrupted. Did you know this was a Christmas song when you put it in? Of course I did. All right. What the hell are you saying? I don't know how to read. Uh, You might not know that Meli Kalikimaka is the Hawaiian way to say Merry Christmas. It's about the feeling. All right. Damn it. Uh, somebody on the fan text line uh, brought up that uh, Andy Reid has two of the five biggest blown leads in NFL history. I don't know if that's accurate. So I pulled up the 10 biggest 
blown leads in NFL playoff history. Did you get bored? No, I did not. Oh. It's one of those keywords in there suggesting that it might have been pornographic. Yeah. Of course, they just uh, blown. Yeah, and, and I knew which one. <laughs> you didn't seem like it. No, I was well aware. First time I said it, I was like, I'll keep saying it. Uh, the number one, of course, uh, January 3rd, 1993 in the AFC wildcard game. That was the Bills and Frank Wright coming back from a 35-3 deficit against the Oilers. Andy Reid, not a head coach of either of those teams. The Colts 45-44 uh, AFC wildcard game on January 14th, 2014. Of course, that was against Andy Reid and those Colts. That game was crazy. Those stupid Chiefs had the big old lead. Um, Super Bowl 51, of course, is the other. The 28-3. No Andy Reid in there, of course, because it was a Super Bowl. Uh, and then the Chiefs coming back uh, last weekend was number four. So he was part of the comeback. Not the deficit. Uh, 49ers over the Giants in 2003. And let's see if there's any more Andy Reid ones in here. Nope. You know what's interesting? Nope. I think this is a battle between the two hungriest coaches in the league. Because um, Vrabel looks like he eats a lot. And I I mean, I don't have to tell you. So the Titans Chiefs in 2018. So yeah. two of the top seven. He's t- That's tied for seventh. So Andy Reid was part of multiple games. Like I bet Andy Reid could down... Probably two firehouse subs, <laughs> like what under ten minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yes. Yeah, he's a giant person. I mean, I'm saying that, but like, I mean, think about how big a firehouse sub is and what ten minutes is. Ten minutes is is some time, but <laughs> like, you got to get going. Like, you need to start eating and start chewing and getting water down. Yeah, there's no question. It's definitely a period of time. But, yeah, no, I don't think that guy has trouble consuming food. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to well, say? I'm just saying, could he eat two firehouse subs 10 minutes? Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any other coaches that have multiple appearances on this list. And I th- think it might be in the top 10, just Andy Reid. Better You Today text line has another nomination. Matt Patricia. For hungriest coach in the league. Hungriest coach in the lead. Yeah. But Matt Patricia looks like uh, he's a smoker. Doesn't he? He looks like he's given up. You mean giving up smoking? Giving up life. Oh. It's just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Why am I even here? It's Detroit. So it's terrible. Who's who's quarterbacking? David Blau? Who the hell's David? What are we doing? Where's what? Ugh. Did you see the um, NFL's uh, greatest games countdown recently? No. So they did a uh, NFL. Is this a top 100? Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty good list. And uh, they got Matt Patricia on, and he was dressed like normally. Ooh. Like he had like a dress shirt on. and Looked like a person. His, his hair still looked like crap. Yeah. Still had a pencil in his ear. <laughs> Just like, why, dude? It's my thing. Ugh, that's my marker. That's how everybody remembers me. How it's pe- not the huge beard and being overweight. It's the pencil. How are people going to recognize me if I don't have the pencil in the ear? Uh, should we save the late? Do you want to talk about the late game now? Or do you want to talk about it in hour two? Well, we could tease it. Yeah, well, we got a little time. I don't know. Packers at Niners. After all the upsets, the only team that still is hanging around is the Tennessee Titans. So everybody excited about the potential for upsets last weekend. They didn't come true. Yeah, the one and two seed win here. Niners won convincingly. And sometimes it's just a matter of you watch two games and you have one where it seems like there's one team in total control, which was 
your 49ers. And it felt like the Packers never really had the game in control, but that's part of the way the Seahawks play. I don't know. I got the sense coming out of it. The 49ers are going to kill the Packers. I could be wrong, but did you get the same sense just watching the games before you even tried to break it down? Uh, there's always the Aaron Rodgers factor. Yeah. And there's the fact that let's just review because these two teams did play each other this yeah, season. They did. And, um, Rodgers had hold please. Uh, all right. So Rogers had the worst game of his career yeah. when they played. I don't know. I'm trying to find his um, quarterback rating because it was awfully atrocious. Yeah. Was it uh, like, did it, did it like look like a Kirk Cousins passer rating? Uh, no, but he averaged 3.2 yards per attempt and got sacked five times. <laughs> Here is here's bad. Here is a team statistic that gives me confidence in my initial thought on this game. The Packers are scoring 23.5 points per game. Okay. That's pretty good. They are allowing 23 points a game. Oh. So the games are close. <laughs> yes, they are. The 49ers are averaging 29.9 points per game and they're allowing 10. So, you know, <laughs> we talked about this whole thing, right, of uh, the 49ers kind of coming in, beating the crap out of the Vikings. And mm -hmm. I think that that was a very convincing win. It was. Obviously. But something you have to factor into all this is the inexperience. And I think that yeah. is still something that could come into play because the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, led by Kirk Cousins, I would say that their choke factor equaled out to the amount of inexperience that the Niners had to make it like, okay, now it's just best on best. They're going up against a Packers team with a quarterback who is incredibly savvy. Yep. Somebody who understands how to manipulate a game. Somebody who had two minutes, 45 seconds left in the division game and masterfully ran the clock. Yeah. I mean, if I'm watching that, I'm kind of thinking to myself, we really have to bring more pressure on Aaron Rodgers because if he's going to be the one that beats us, he's going to be the one that beats us. We can rush four if we want to, but he's going to get away. Yeah, a but, lot easier than Kirk Cousins. Yes, fair, but the four that the 49ers are rushing are meaner than most. Dude, that defensive line is ridiculous, and I don't think experience factor is as important for a defense as it is for an offense. So I think that you have strength on strength there. I think a lot of it comes down to Garoppolo and how well they can play because you get a, a pretty formidable pass rush coming from Green Bay as well. It's not like the the defense for Green Bay hasn't improved. But Are those two bros' names? The Smith brothers. The no, they're not. Smith brothers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know, man. I just, it feels like. 25 and a half sacks they've combined together this season. <laughs> That's a lot of sacks. Yeah. It feels to me like this is 49ers all the way. Interesting. I, just, I feel like he's going to look very similar to that last week. And I, and, and the Aaron Rodgers is the one thing that gives me pause, but that was just the, the sense that I got looking at the way the two games were played last week. Now the Vikings in fairness, the Vikings lost twice to the Packers. So the Vikings are not as good of a football team, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it said I didn't have a lot of faith in the Seahawks anyways, going into that game. And I didn't think they should have been that close at the end. If the Packers were for real, but I think one of the things you also want to think about too, is just the flow of the game when it comes to San Francisco, this is a team that really relies on beating you the entire way physically. 
until they have broken your will. Mm. Because let's be honest, their offense sucks. <laughs> it, it really does. It, it's not good. Uh, save for Jimmy Garoppolo's first drive of that yeah. uh, divisional game. Which, and George Kittle's a monster. But yeah, yeah, he's great. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, but the they first drive they had was really good. But, you know, I, I think everybody knows it at this point. And if you don't, uh, the first drive is always completely scripted, yep. which means you know what you're doing. You know where to go. After that, defenses make adjustments. And then it's up to you and your players to try to beat that defense with a little bit of improvisation. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that if, if the, if the 49ers can't get something going early on yeah. and this starts turning into a trudge game, I think Aaron Rodgers takes advantage of that because I can guarantee you, he's not going to average 3.2 yards again in this game. Yeah. He's going to learn from, he's going to watch the film. He's gotten way more used to Devonte Adams back in the lineup. Now, yeah. uh, Lazard, that 16, uh, yep. guy, He's a lot better. And it's, he's not 16 years old. His number is 16. Yeah, 16. For, yep. And also the connection between um, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham has gotten a lot stronger too over the season. you got to believe this team has gotten better and they're going to learn from their mistakes. Was that a first down? Oh, yeah, it was. Because actually the line was yeah. further than what the actual marker was. It was. The line was terrible. And that's one thing that's always bugged me yeah. when they when they show the replays. Pull the line out. When you're doing slow-mo and you're doing it. Yeah. Take off the yellow line. Oh, and P.S. It was third down. So, yeah. And the game was not over. Exactly. So, shut up. The, li- the line was the thing that I actually did want to bring up. And Great. On that. But, yeah. It was third down. Yeah. They, 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 the game was not over yet. I, I just... Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, like, but they I, got the first down, so the game was over. That's the whole point. What I'm trying to say is this. Even if you did stop them... It's fourth and an inch. It's freaking fourth and an inch, and it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to sneak. He's yeah. going to get it. You're going to lose. You stop. Yeah. You stop. You're going to lose. Oh, by the way, how much time do you have left? A minute? Yeah. Nobody... Uh, yeah. I'd love to see Russell Wilson, who has sucked that whole day, Whoa. try again. Yeah, so would I have. I would have liked to watch that too. I was tired of that crap, that post analysis about Russell Wilson. Oh, my gosh. Look at him carrying the team on his back. No, dude. He's getting over $100 million, and they're not paying anybody else to put help around him. He knows it. He doesn't care, and he's enabling his own situation because he goes, I'm still going to keep getting paid, and we'll get this close, and who cares? Nobody will, <laughs> nobody will call me on it. It doesn't matter. Dude, in, in, Screw it. In fairness to the organization uh-huh. trying to put pieces around him, right. their top three running backs were out. For oh, them. boy, that's too bad. Well, it you're is. second in MVP voting, right? So you should be able to do this. What was the big factor for the Green Bay offense you said going into last week is Aaron Jones. Having a competent back yeah. does help things. I don't know, oh, man. Just, I'm sorry. I don't know, man. When you're argued to be the MVP, you should be able to take the team on your back and win the game, right? Oh, wait, who's the MVP? No, Who's the MVP? He is argued who is to be the, the MVP. Who is the Second. MVP? Who had a better game last weekend, Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson? Got me. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, it was, I mean, seriously, though, when you watch that, do you really think that you that's want, something that's sustainable for a team? I mean, do you really think that Russell Wilson running around and sliding is something that can help you yeah, win another Super losing, Bowl? Losing your top three backs in the last four weeks of the season I, or three weeks of the season is not uh, a sustained recipe for success either. I'm just no, saying. That's cool, man. You keep telling yourself that. And then in seven years when he hasn't won another Super Bowl, we'll sit here again and I'll go, hey, how was that career? It's good. Yeah, won it was, a Super Bowl. It was pretty sweet. His better, defense won him a Super Bowl. Better than Rex Grossman's. He never won an MVP. Better than Jay he Cutler. never will because voters know what's up. <laughs> what's up? Yeah. He'd be an MVP if he got, do you get paid so much money. No, they just know what's up, man. <laughs> yeah, Lamar Jackson was outstanding this year. Lamar Jackson was outstanding because he was doing something that wasn't 
it didn't look like it was out of desperation. Russell Wilson in that offense is literally desperate we will all the do, time. We will do more desperation in hour two because I'm sure we will get you back on this vein somehow because I don't know how we got on you, got you that angry right there other than asking about a first down. But we need to get to good versus evil, so we'll do that next. Uh, more NFL. Uh, maybe we'll even talk some baseball cheating. Hour two. Huh? Sure, yeah. Huh? Yeah, cheating baseball hour two. But first, good versus evil. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, bro. <laughs> Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Being around Joe Burrow and being able to develop him, you know, I think what you saw on the football field this year was a product of the work that he put in and, you know, the competitiveness that he has. You know, it was a lot of fun being able to take our offense and our systems at the next level. Buddy from high school that's extremely talented at two things, Madden and selling weed behind the Sitco he works at, Joe Brady. If you thought David Tepper, owner of the Carolina Panthers, was done when he hired Matt Rule, think again. Panthers watched LSU beat Clemson, swooped in, hired LSU's passing game coordinator, 33-year-old Joe Brady, as their offensive coordinator. Now couple this with the news that Carolina is now seeking to move franchise QB Cam Newton in a trade as early as March. Is Carolina making a play to get the number one pick and draft Joe Burrow? Well, yeah, I hope so. I mean, if you went and got his coach that he had such chemistry with, I mean, Joe Burrow was not a great passer last year. They brought in Joe Brady, and he was the best in the history of college football. His completion percentage was over 70%, threw more touchdowns than anybody. Heisman Trophy, national championship. Even if he's tied for first, find me a better college quarterback season. Um, and I don't think anybody saw it coming. Joe Brady deserves a lot of credit. The reason we all know his names is because they've given him a lot of credit. So, yeah, I think if there's an opportunity for you to go and get the quarterback you had all that success with, I would go for it right now. The other thing I think that will be fun if Joe Brady is is as inventive as we think he is, I want to see what he can do with Christian McCaffrey. You know, there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid is is to play fast, and play physical, and play strong. And at this point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore, and that's the part that is the most difficult is. I still want to play, but I don't think it's the right decision. That was the greatest cover linebacker in football history, Luke Keekley. The Panthers linebacker announced tearfully at the age of 28 he's going to retire from the game. Keekley netted eight successful yet painful seasons in the NFL. He had at least three concussions that we know of. And he joins a list that includes Gronk and Andrew Luck as NFL stars who retired in their physical primes. Do you see this being the new trend in this new decade? I, I think, I don't know if it'll be a trend. It'll be a trend, but I don't know how big of a trend it will be. There's going to be a lot of players that don't play as physical a style of football. They can play around for a long time, but Luke Keekley was a menace. I can't believe it's only been eight years. It feels like he's always played middle linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. It just feels like he's always been there. But um, I, I, guys that play that way, um, the way Cam Chancellor left, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, but there's other guys that, that play a little less aggressive a style that can stick around. So... 
yes, it'll be a trend. I just don't know how big of a trend it will be, but I think it's always been that way that guys beat themselves out of the league. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a physical game. Any any big game like this when you're playing a really good team is going to be physical. But, you know, just just little things I know I can do. You know, just got to be more accurate. You know, just didn't, wasn't accurate tonight. Didn't put the ball where it needed to be. Uh, didn't give my guys a chance enough. And then, you know, I mean, it's just, it comes down to that, really. It's just giving them a chance. That was a guy who, if you squint just right, looks super hot, Trevor Lawrence. You knew the suggestion <laughs> was going to come up sooner or ra rather than later. That the Clemson QB, who is not yet eligible for the NFL draft, should bail on the team after two years. And that's right. Go play in the X. Oh, shut, shut up. It begins in actually just under a month. Uh, smart, stupid, or out of the question for you? Uh, stupid and out of the question. Uh, so he gets no offseason and jumps right into the XFL. Um, he doesn't seem like a guy that is wanting for, oh, I got to get my money as quick as I can. I wonder if, um, what's a guy's name for Ohio State, the running back, Maurice Claret. I wonder if he would have pulled a move like that. Is there a guy out there that will eventually do it? Maybe. If the XFL sticks around long enough. Is there a guy that'll do it this year? Uh, I would like to see it, but I don't think it's Trevor Lawrence. Really? <laughs> if the XFL goes and plays down a big pile of money for another sophomore, I don't know that there is one. But yeah, I'm I don't guess that they'll let him play a half season. You're saying the XFL would? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't think he's going to be enticed by if they, they go, here's a big mat bag of money. I think he wants to go and win a nas another national championship with Clemson, and then he wants to go to the NFL. I don't think he's ever had the dream of being, you know, an XFL superstar. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from right here, Portland, Oregon. Ooh, nice. Here's your headline. Passenger takes over airport monitor for video game. I love this story. I saw it. I was going to drop it in as a random headline, but I'm glad that I waited so that you can bring it up. Tell me more. A passenger waiting for a flight at an Oregon airport needed a bit more screen space for his video game. So he plugged his PS4 into a computer screen that had been displaying a map of the airport. <laughs> so good. Kara Simons, spokeswoman for the Port of Portland, Total local station and on-air interview, the Portland International Airport staff asked the man to stop gaming on the public map display. Why are you reading like a dope? He asked if he could finish the game. They said no, and the situation resolved itself peacefully. It's fantastic. You know what? It, it makes me think. Let's set up a gaming place at the airport. There's probably one at some airport somewhere. Yeah. I would guess. Makes I mean, sense. they got a stupid theater there anyway. Why don't they do a gaming place? Yeah. Portland is, uh, Portland's the number one airport in the country. Dude, you know what people want now? I guess. It uh, smells there. It smells at all airports. Yeah, but that one, it just doesn't smell good. Yeah. It smells like crap. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've had that experience. You ever been to that movie theater? No. Neither have I. <laughs> That's a pretty good story. Um... Yeah, too bad the guy didn't get, like, irate when they told him to shut it off. He's like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was very peaceful. He just said, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Sure, all right. No, the, oh, you know what? Now when I look back, like, this probably wasn't well thought out. Well, no, it's, you know, it's funny, though. If, if you didn't have to dismantle anything to get to the ports, that's on the airport. You know what I mean? Like, if you have access to whatever plug no, you need to plug into the TV. airport. Come on. 
No, how can I mean think about how many moving pieces and people and things you have to think of to operate an airport on a daily basis? Like, sure. Oh, so now I have to think about little kids hooking up their PS4s to this. Not screen. a little kid. This is a grown person. Um, my question is, has he done this at other airports? Uh, no, probably not. Eh, why not? I don't know. Clearly, clearly, I think we would have heard of this before. I don't know. We heard of it now. So I'm just I'm disappointed that uh, he didn't get to finish his game. So you think? Uh, um, you think um, if I'm the manager what? of the airport, if I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy sent over to intervene. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got somebody uh, playing a video game on one of the map screens. Can you go uh, take care of that? If he asked me, oh, do you mind if I finish the game? What time's your flight? Uh, 15 minutes. Yeah. Go ahead and finish. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. Dude, you're opening the door. That to means what? all kids can do that. No. You yeah, let it. it's a slippery slope. No, it's not. How then, dare you? Then what you do is you go, guys, we've identified a problem. These ports to hook up a PlayStation to the screen are too readily accessible. Let's go ahead and patch those up. This guy has done us a service by pointing out a flaw in our system. Uh, yeah, uh, Luke, uh, can I get to uh, leave your stand at Burgerville to come <laughs> kill this 13-year-old and hook his video game? You really going to go do that? Uh, that's when I quit, dude. I go, no, I'm not doing that. Peace. Wait, you quit Burgerville? Yeah, I quit. I'm not going to. Look, I don't want that. I, if I work at the airport you're and bad. then I get relegated you're... to telling 13-year-olds to quit playing video games, Wait, done, bro. What's a kid 13? I don't know. This just sounds like a 13-year-old thing to do. Dude, it's a sweet move, and we you've identified a problem for us. We'll go ahead and get it taken care of. Thank you, sir. You're a uh, wonderful citizen. And a patriot. Yep. <laughs> patriot. All right. Uh NFL championship weekend kicks off tomorrow at noon. Uh, Blazers game last night. I want to get some uh, quick reaction uh, to a couple things that I saw last night. Uh, oh, the in, mellow game? In that game. Yeah. And the NBA. The sweet mellow game. So we'll do a little uh, NBA. Uh, we may get into a little baseball cheating scandal. I'd like to get somebody that hates baseball's perspective on it. Do you know where I can find somebody like that? Right here. Sweet. So we'll get into that. A lot more NFL. Uh, that is hour two of The Center and the Saint. We do that next right here on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.